Welcome to Northwest Prime, bringing Seattle to the world and the world to Seattle. I'm your host, Lori Ness, a soldier on the front line of the mainstream. You can listen to this and other shows at northwestprime.com and be sure to stay with Seattle Wave Radio 24-7, 365 for more great music and interviews. We're starting a movement of kindness and we want you to join us. Let's get this show started. Well, I am thrilled to welcome back to Northwest Prime, New York Times bestselling author, and not one, not two, not three, not even four, but five times James Beard award-winning author, the amazing Dory Greenspan. Thanks, Dory, for coming back on. Lori, it's so good to be with you again. Thank you. Congratulations on all the awards. Do you you just have to pinch yourself? You know, I'm so glad you said that. Yes, because that's exactly what I do. You know, I feel like I'm so lucky to be able to do the work that I do. And to have it recognized like that, it's pretty special. Well, you have a huge fan base, and it's because your personality, you're just so endearing, and that warmth of you just comes through, and it comes through in your books. And Every Day Dory, the way I cook, is your is it your 14th cookbook that's coming out no. now? No, 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 Lori, Baker's Dozen. It's my 13th. Oh, 13th book. Okay, mm. lucky 13. <laughs> lucky 13 indeed. I hope so. Well, it, it feels like in this book, Dory, that, that we have walked into your kitchen at home and you've just handed us your personal recipe card file and we're able just to thumb through it with you. That's, that's really the feeling I get as, as I look through this, this new cookbook. I'm so glad because I couldn't have hoped for you to feel any differently about, about the book. You know, this is really the way I cook at home. If you came to visit me tonight, you get the kind of food that's in my new book. Um, I've become a more practical cook. My food has become simpler. Um, I've always enjoyed being in the kitchen and I find that making the recipes that are in everyday dory are really a pleasure to make. And they're fun to serve. You know, we cook because some of us, you know, cook because we just have to get something on the table. But usually we're cooking to share that food with someone. And I love being able to share my recipes with people who will be able to cook them for people they love. Well, you talk about in in your cookbook that there easy meals where everything is uh, accessible in your own kitchen. You didn't try to make anything very complicated for people. Um, use spices or something that they didn't have any idea what, 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 where to get it or, or what to do with it. So you really took the everyday person who's cooking into mind when you wrote Everyday Dory. Because I am that person. I've been living for the past maybe about eight years or so, I've been spending a lot of time in our house in Connecticut, which is not close to a supermarket. And we only have a farmer's market during the summer, and that's not close. So I've become super practical because I can't just run to the corner and get something. And when I looked at these recipes as I was putting them together for the book, 
I realized that these recipes in some cases came about because of, but in most cases depend on stuff I have on the refrigerator door or in the pantry. So it truly is everyday cooking. Well, and it and, and the presentation comes through so <clears throat> so well too. It's easy to cook, but also the way that you present it gives it just that little extra flair. And, and you can really see where your world travels, your cooking in Paris and living in New York City and Connecticut, and you talk about being and learning some things when you were in Kentucky at one time. You can really feel that experience coming through and utilizing it. For, for many people who, who don't have that, that world experience, but are able to grasp it almost like on a staycation um, at home through, through your travels and your experience. But, you know, I'm, um, I'm a curious person and, and, and I adore food and I think about food all the time. And so when I travel, when I go out to eat, when I'm at a friend's home, you know, for a meal, I'm always looking at what people are doing. And even often I can get inspired by a dish that I know I'll never recreate, that I'll never either, you know, have the time, the ingredients, the, the patience to do. It's just too fancy. But I'll get a kernel of an idea. And for me, that's always fun. It means I'm always learning as I'm out and about. And I also love when I'm working on recipes to pop in a little surprise, to just tuck something unexpected into a recipe. Because I, like so many people, I am cooking every day. And so I want to make the familiar more surprising. I want to add... An unexpected texture, a spice that you might not have thought of, just something to perk everything up and surprise the people I'm serving. Well, you are such a warm and welcoming person, and you make people feel relaxed. And not everyone can translate that from their just personal life into words in, in, in a book that that some some people might sometimes think books could be cold, but your your books, your team, and you you can really translate that feeling of who you are, Dory Greenspan, artfully in into your books. And when you open it, they just embrace you and make you feel warm and relaxed. And the thing I like about Dory's cookbooks is that they're the type of things in the winter you can curl up with a blanket in front of the fire and just go page by page. And, you know, you were the one who gave me permission a couple of years ago um, with another one of your cookbooks to use it and get flour on it and dog ear the pages and make notes and those type of things. And, and it just feels like that in, in your cookbooks that, that you, that you are sitting there kind of talking through the pages with us as, as we just kind of thumb through them and, and relax with them and then get inspired through them. Oh, Lori, this makes me so happy because when I'm working, you know, I'm, I'm in the kitchen, I'm cooking, I'm taking notes, I'm sending notes to the person who retests my recipes. And at some point I'm sitting down and writing about, I'm writing the recipes and I'm writing about the recipes. And I, I like to think that I'm talking to somebody while I'm writing, that I've got a cook next to me and I'm trying to help her work through the dish. I'm trying to explain what 
what the dish is, what its ingredients are, what the texture might be, a good way to serve it. So I do think about that you feel that I'm talking to you. It's the biggest compliment you can pay me. Thank you. Because that's what that's what I'm striving to do. And you used the word permission when you said, um, and I remember talking to you about this, giving you permission to get the pages, you know, stuck with butter and flour and a little bit of, you know, white wine um, or to dog ear the pages. There's nothing that a cookbook author likes more than to see a book that's been, that's been used. But I like to think that I can give cooks another kind of permission. Um, I try and add wherever I can a little section called playing around or choices um, to my recipes. And that, I hope, gives cooks permission to tweak the recipe, to make it their own, to, if I have a squid salad recipe that I love, you might not like squid. Maybe you want to put shrimp in it. Maybe you want little pieces of chicken in it. Maybe maybe you, you want to make it without fish. So I have all of these suggestions. Um, I like when a cook can make a recipe, think, hmm, I really like this, but I don't have this ingredient. I can sub another, or my family likes a different flavor. I can work that into the recipe. So I love to be able to make these recipes at home, send them to you, and have you make them at home the way you would most love them. Well, that's the great thing with cooking over baking is that there is more freedom to tweak the recipes, whereas baking is kind of more of a precise um, measurement that, that you have to use. But in cooking, you can, just like you said, start substituting, start playing around. There's, there's a lot more freedom in, in the way that the cook can actually make the dish. Yes, comma, but. <laughs> there's, some, there's, there's some freedom in baking as well. You know, never muck around with the amount of butter or flour or, you know, baking powder in a recipe. But you can change flavors. You can change form. So there's a recipe in the book, um, in the dessert section, for eaten mess, which is something that I had heard about. Maybe I'd had one. I never really paid much attention to it. And then all of a sudden, I got interested in it. So normally, it's um, meringue that's broken up, and it usually has um, strawberries and whipped cream in it. And because it seemed like such a perfect spring dessert, I made a rhubarb compote, just, you know, cooked rhubarb for a couple of rhubarb just like falls apart as soon as it sees heat, so it becomes a compote very quickly, a little rhubarb sauce and some fresh raspberries, and um, I added a little lime juice for spark. And it was a great spring-summer dessert. And a friend of mine said, you know, I hate to give it up when the season ends. And I thought, hmm, what we've got is essentially a template. We've got a couple of elements that we just, a few components that we put together. And I rethought the recipe to make it actually perfect for Thanksgiving, um, lemon curd, a cranberry jam that you just mix together, you know, like <laughs> the way the way rhubarb falls apart, cranberries come together in a jam at about the same time. And so it's now meringue, lemon curd, and cranberries. And 
it's a perfect holiday dessert. Mm. So it's you can play around in baking, and you can have an awful lot of fun doing it. Well, and that was one thing when I saw that everyday Dory was coming out. I'm like, oh, I hope she still has some desserts hidden away there in the back because you <laughs> so well with your desserts. And, and, and you even put that in, in your book. You only have one rule. There must be dessert. And sure enough, you covered that in, in, uh, towards the end of the book. I could never imagine doing a book without desserts. Um, I could never imagine a meal without dessert, but I, um, you know, I've been baking for so long and I love baking so much. Um, and it was fun. It was fun to do the dessert chapter, um, for the book because it's a real mix. You know, there's pie, there's chocolate pudding. There's a Sunday that I'm madly in love with. Um, there's a new chocolate chip cookie. I can't stop playing around with chocolate chip cookies. And uh, once again, they're really simple desserts, a couple of bunt cakes that, you know, will hold for for five days or so. So you make it for the weekend and you've got plenty of good cake during the week. Um, again, simple, practical, delicious. I, I think really everybody pretty much wants who, who everyone's so busy now working and they want to eat well. They want to eat good, tasty food. Everyone, I think, is pretty much sick of fast food, but they want to be able to do it fairly quickly. And that's what you have tried to do for everybody is give them, I guess, kind of a handbook instead of calling it a cookbook. Maybe it's a handbook to eating well and eating healthy and eating beautifully, um, but, but not in a very... Um, difficult way to do that for your family after maybe you've been out all day long. Yeah. So this is, thank you for saying that. Um, this is really a mix when it comes to technique. There's, I don't, you know, I can't think of a recipe that a beginner couldn't tackle and be successful with. So it's not, this is not a technique driven book by any means. And as I said, there aren't, very many ingredients that you won't find, you know, in your local market. And boy, in Seattle, you have such great um, <laughs> markets and fabulous ingredients. Um, and some of the recipes aren't quick. But what I always try to do, I mean, there are some delicious, you know, blazes and, you know, slow cooked meals. Um, and those are, you know, lovely to make on the weekend. And they're great because, you make them when you have time and they get better, you know, for sitting. But um, what I've tried to do and what I always try to do with my recipes is give you some help in how to plan. So things that you can make ahead, things that you can, you know, keep in the refrigerator for a while or things that you can freeze so that for the recipes that are a little bit more time consuming, you can do a little now, a little later and then have the dish come together more quickly. Um, my focus is always on flavor, always, always, always. Um, and I love, as I said, I love a surprise. I love when there's a contrast in texture. I want the food to be interesting, and I want you to be able to make it. It should be a pleasure to make the food and a pleasure to serve it. Well, and it's very timely, too, because you also have a poke recipe in here, and that's really hot right now. Everyone wants uh, some poke. 
<laughs> so we're really seeing that here in Seattle. I'm sure you're seeing it on the East Coast as well. Um, but you, you have a, a great recipe for that, and the picture of it is just stunning to look at. I'm thinking, man, if I could just serve that, people would actually think I went to culinary school. And there's not that well, many I, ingredients in it. <laughs> and there, that's right. There's, it's a real nothing-to-it um, meal. I mean, the, the actually, all you're doing is stirring together a marinade for the tuna, or you could use salmon. Um, so it's a little bit of soy sauce and some sesame oil and fresh ginger. Um, oyster sauce. It's a tiny little bit of oyster sauce, but it gives it a kind of underlying depth that you don't expect in some vinegar. So it's got, you know, it's sweet, it's hot, it's tangy. It, it hits all the flavor, um, you know, the flavors that we love. But that's a two-minute dish. And the fun of it is to look around, see what you've got in the fridge and add some stuff, maybe some jalapeno pepper, maybe some tomatoes. It's great with mango. When it's summer, it's so terrific with watermelon. So a dish like this is just fun. You've got a basic dish, the poke, and a bunch of possibilities for adding to it. You could make this a main course. You could put it on skewers and serve it as a little, you know, part of a aperitif. I love food that you can mix match. So while I had to have chapters in the book, I feel like you could pull something from the vegetable chapter and make it a first course. Um, one of the dishes I love in the book, and I think it really kind of encapsulates the spirit of the book, is the oven charred tomato stuffed peppers. And it's kind of an arts and crafts project. So it's bell peppers cut in half the long way. And there's a little hidden surprise breadcrumb mixture on the bottom with some fresh lemon and herbs. Then cherry tomatoes on top, some herbs goes into the oven. Everything gets soft and melty and just a little charred. It's, the peppers are beautiful. But it's the kind of dish that you can then have as a first course. You could have it as a main course with a salad alongside. You could make the ricotta spoonable, which is ricotta herbs, a little bit of olive oil, lemon zest, lemon juice. You could put that on top. You can pick pieces, recipes, dishes from all parts of the book and put them together. And um, the way you mix and match the clothes that you have, you know, you have some basic pieces and then some accessories. And um, that's kind of the way you can use this book, kind of the way you can think about it. And I also like one of the things that you did in the book was you, you added a small mills in, in, in chapter or on page four. I think it's the first chapter. You have nibbles and starters and small meals. So you don't have to cook for a huge family. If it's just you or, or maybe just you and another person, you've thought about that where we don't have to cook so much food that, that we can eat smaller and we can have a smaller plate that's actually just as good as if we had put a feast out for people. Exactly. So these days I'm cooking for my husband and myself. We're, we're a two-person family these days. Um, so often all we want is one small delicious something. And um, I'm always happy to have leftovers if I, mm -hmm. can, if I can renew them in a way and make them and make them fun. But yes, and I think a lot of us are, 
wanting smaller dishes and wanting variety so that when we have time to make a few small dishes and call that a meal as opposed to the traditional, you know, one big main course. I, I completely agree, especially as winter sets in and we're not quite as active maybe that, that we are in the you know spring and summer and even fall. Winter kind of sets in, all the holidays start coming, and we that's when it starts to dawn on us. Maybe I can you know eat a little bit smaller, but you can still eat well. You can eat small right. and well. They, they, they're, they're not you know not not interchangeable. You know, you're right, but also. When winter comes, I think of, you know, the dishes that kind of burble on the back of the, the stove. So the slow braises, the stews. Um, I'm a sucker for stew. I love a stew. Um, hearty soups. Um, soup can be a meal. It is in our house. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so and it makes it, our house smell so good. Right. So it's really, a, you know, you get to, you get to, choose. We don't want the same food every day. We don't want the same style of food every day. We don't want the same uh, kind of weight of food. We don't want, you know, the same big meal every day or the same small meal. We really, we really want choices. And I hope, I hope that I've given you choices in the book. Well, you really did. And your, your fans, you have a huge fan base. They're going to be thrilled about this word is already getting out people are pre-ordering the book you can get the book it's, it's going to be available at target barnes and noble amazon wherever books are sold you're coming right. to seattle um I'm next month in seattle. november hooray, hooray, hooray. <laughs> yay i love and, i love seattle and i love coming there on book tour well, and it's going to be a great time because it will be a little cold and it'll be a little misty outside and it'll, it'll, it'll just be, everyone's going to be in the mood for, and I want to talk about your book tour because if you're listening and you're not in Seattle, you can go to DoryGreenspan.com and you can get a list of where she's going to be coming to you. And, but in Seattle, she's going to be in several places. And one of them, the book lotter on the 7th at 630 is sold out, but she's going to be a few other places. And Dory, I, I, I want you to tell people in Seattle where they can find you if they can't get into that book lotter event the night of the 7th. Well, there's um, a lunch on May, on, on May, on Monday, <laughs> November 5th um, at Bar Melusine at noon. Um, and I think that, you, you know, I, I, you have to reserve for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to be at Hot Stove Society. On also uh, on November sixth between okay. six and eight p.m. and then I'll be at Coil Bakery on November seventh, Wednesday, at three thirty for what they're calling Key and Nosh. And I did I was at Coil Bakery the last time I was in Seattle um, for my book Dory's Cookies, and we just had a great time. There were a bunch of people. I got to sign books, but we really got a chance to chat. So that was really nice. 
Well, we'll put the links up to every, to all of your other events so that people can find you. You're going to be in Seattle for several days, Monday through at least Wednesday or Thursday. We want to put mm-hmm. those links up for people to get there. I, I know at the Book Lauder, um, there's going to be some cooking going on that people are going to be able to sample food and have. That's probably why it's sold out because, you know, everybody loves food. <laughs> it's like, oh, my goodness, I get to see Dory and a book and I get to eat. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. Well, we'll be able to taste some things at um, at Coyle Bakery as well. Um, Great. Wednesday, this November seventh, yeah, three thirty, and of course, um, a full lunch at Barnell's Jeans. Yeah. So there'll be there'll be plenty of tasting in Seattle. Oh, and I love Dory. Seattle I love loves Dory. My, <laughs> Dory loves Seattle. I love the way you said it might be a little misty, a little cool. I was thinking, yes, it will be Seattle. It will. It, it will be quintessential Seattle when, when you are here. We will not disappoint in, in that realm. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I want to tell everyone to go to DoryGreenspan.com. That way they can keep up with where you're going to be, what's going on. You have a great website. It's very interactive. Okay. You just you can find all of your information there, how to get the book, how to see you, um, how to make other recipes. And like I said, you have a, a huge, huge following. They're turning out already, buying the book, uh, booking themselves into your uh, appearances. And it's, you know, it, it, it's just a, a wonderful feeling to see someone like you, Dory, who's just the most kindest person, just absolutely one of the most kindest uh, people I've ever met as far as, you know, just us having an interview relationship. But I mean, I really feel like that, you know, I could just walk up to you if, if, if I saw you on the street and you would be just the exact same. And that transfers through the books, through the interviews. And I'm, I'm sure the people around you feel that all the time. So I'm just so thrilled that you were able to uh, come back and talk with us again for the third time and to come to Seattle and share all of that with us. And I mean, it's, it, Seattle's so lucky to, to have Dory visit on, on the book tour. You're so, you're, you're beyond sweet and kind. Thank you. But you know, I, I, I thought I was going to do something else in my life and I started working in food after our son was born and I was in my mid 30s, I guess. And so it was a conscious change to do something I really loved. And all these years later, I continue to love working with food, talking to people who love food. And so I think I'm very lucky to have this, this work to do and to be able to share it. So thank you. Oh, we're really lucky that, that you do share because we're all a little better off because of it. And the book is called Everyday Dory, The Way I Cook. And I'm going to sign off with the way Dory signed off is cook, bake, share, and enjoy. And that's what Dory wants us to do. And that's how we'll honor Dory is by doing just that thing. So thank you, Dory, for coming back. I really appreciate it. And I want you to have just the best time here in Seattle when, when you are here. And just congratulations on all your success. And good luck with the, with the book tour. I, I know all of your fans are going to come out and show you a lot of love. I'm looking forward to meeting to meeting people in Seattle and around the country. It's uh, it's a I, I love being out and getting to meet people who love food. Lori, thank you so much. You are welcome. DoryGreenspan.com, and we'll be back in a moment. You've been there, right? 
You put on that jacket you haven't worn in like six months. Reach into the pocket and find a McCafe brewed coffee. Well, not really, but there is a crumpled old dollar in there. And on McDonald's, one, two, three dollar menu, that's the price of any size McCafe brewed coffee or a savory sausage biscuit. Oh, and check the other pocket, too. There'll be a tasty sausage McMuffin in there. Find more $1 breakfast favorites on the one, two, three dollar menu at McDonald's. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Tax extra.